Thank you, Carter. You know, when my family and I were planning to go to Africa's missionaries, and, and I'm hesitant to say the year because I'm looking out and a significant number of the people in the crowd uh, were not even born at the, in the year that I'm talking about, in 1984. And I don't want to know, Andrea, how old you were in 1984. Uh, she wasn't born. You weren't supposed to tell me that. I feel old enough already. Hush, Charlotte. I, I know how old I am. So in 19... Kelly, come on now. Golly. In 1983, actually, when we were preparing to go to Kenya in 1984 as missionaries, the first missionaries of our fellowship of churches, the American Baptist Association, uh, in Kenya, and in fact, the first cross-cultural missionaries from our work in all of Africa. I, had, I was at the seminary in Florida. I'd been on the faculty there. I was the Greek teacher. And um, there was a student. I'd been out of out of the classroom for a semester or two and preparing to go to Africa and there was a student there who was a first-year student and he came to me and was excited about the fact that we were going to Africa as missionaries and he said don't you think that when you get to Africa you're probably going to meet some people there who even though they've never heard the name of Jesus they're already saved. And I, I must have had a shocked look on my face like somebody had slapped me or something, you know. Because I was just shocked that it would say such a thing. And I said, well, no. If, if I believed that, I wouldn't be moving my family to Africa. I like living in the United States. I would not uproot my children and, and my family and take them to Africa if I thought they could be saved without hearing the name of Jesus. And he looked at me sort of puzzled and said, well, I've never heard it any other way. I mean, they, they know about God and they believe in God and maybe they already worship God. And I said, but they can't be saved if they don't know the name of Jesus. And he said, well, I've never had that explained to me. And I'm thinking, I've got to teach this guy Missions 101 in the next three minutes, standing here in the coffee shop. And I said, well you know John 3.16? And he said, yeah, I know John 3.16, and he could quote it, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I said, what about verse 18? And he didn't know about verse 18, and I told him. Verse 18, everybody knows John 3.16. Um, verse 17 says, for sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18, he that believeth is not condemned. That's good news, guys. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you are no longer condemned, and you will never be condemned again. Praise God. Isn't that good news? One, one clap. One let me ask that again. Isn't that good news? <laughs> he that believeth not is condemned already. He that believeth is not condemned. 
But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And I told that young man, you have to know the name of Jesus and you have to name the name of Jesus in faith or you are not saved. I've been speaking with you a series called Prime Directive. What is the most important command? What is the most important thing in our life? It is to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. But listen, as I said to him, if you are going to love God, you have to follow the Son. Now, notice the spelling. I'm not talking about the Son up in the sky. I'm talking about the Son of God. I, th th there's an episode that I re remember very well of Star Trek. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a Trekkie. I've, I've forgotten all the Klingon I ever learned, but, you know, uh, I'm a Trekkie. And so th there was this episode, and you know what they do, the, the, they would go to planets and research and so forth. That was supposedly to go where man has never gone before. Anyway, and, and to research planets, and they were on this planet, and it was, a, it was a fairly developed planet technologically, but the big thing on the planet was worshiping the sun. And they, were, they kept talking about, you know, throughout the thing. It's just surprising, Tim, that the, this technologically advanced planet is, is worshiping the sun. And finally, Aurora, Aurora the, that's not a natural, by the way, Kenyan name. She was supposedly from Kenya. That's, that's not a very common name in Kenya. But anyway, Aurora said to them, listen, I've done some research. I've been listening to their broadcast. They're not talking about the sun up in the sky they're talking about the Son of God. Kelly, that was on Star Trek. Can you imagine that? Talking about worshiping the Son of God. Listen, if you are going to love God, you have got to follow the Son. There is no other way. If you are going to love God, you must love Jesus. If you say you love God, but you reject Jesus, you do not love God. The verses say, Jesus said unto him, Have I been with you so long that you still do not know me, Philip? Um, Philip said, Show us the Father and it will be sufficient for us. Have you been so long and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? The Father dwells in me, and I, and I do His works. Um, do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does His works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Listen, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all one, and you can't love the one without the other. You cannot know the Father without knowing Jesus. How do you come to know 
God the Father by coming to Jesus Christ in faith. When you come to know Christ as Savior in knowing Him, you know the Father. You can't trust the Father without believing in Jesus. You say, I'm trusting in God. Not if you have not believed on Jesus Christ. Not if you have not received Christ as your Savior. You, they're inseparable. You cannot trust in God and not believe on Jesus Christ as the Son of God. You cannot please the Father if you are not trying to please Jesus Christ. Now listen, that applies. This may not be politically correct in our day, but this applies to, to people like Muslims. Muslims say that they worship the one true God and His name is Allah. And of course, their confession of faith and Muhammad is His prophet. No mention of Jesus. You see, they reject Jesus Christ. You can say, I love God, I'm worshiping Allah, or call Him any name you want to. I mean, I understand that Allah is the Arabic word for God. The, in Swahili, the word for God is Mungu. We would call Him Mwenyesi Mungu. Mungu Mwenyeenzi. That means God all-powerful or all-powerful God. It does not matter what language you speak. The God that you're talking about, that you worship and that you love, He is either the Father of Jesus Christ, Christ the Son, or He is not God. And if you do not name the name of Jesus in faith, if you do not love Jesus, you don't love God. If you do not believe in Jesus Christ, you can talk about worshiping God all you want to. But you're lost. And you need to be saved. You cannot know God the Father without knowing the Son. You cannot serve God the Father without serving the Son. You cannot trust God the Father without believing in Christ the Son. There, there are a lot of Jews. I, I have one of the best tour guides. I've had a couple of different tour guides in Israel. And... One of those tour guides is extremely knowledgeable about, uh, about Israel and about biblical sites, even New Testament sites. But he's a Jew. He's my friend. I love him. I enjoy being with him. But he does not know Jesus. And it may not be politically correct, but it is biblically correct to say he's lost I'm like Paul. I, I would give anything to see him saved. And, and all of his nation. But you cannot go to the Father. You have no relationship with the Father unless that relationship is established through Jesus Christ the Son. Jesus himself made a huge claim. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I understand that that exclusivity, saying that Jesus is the only way, is not popular. You say, that's not fair. Listen, God created the universe, and He made you 
and he's allowed to make up the rules. He's the one who gets to say it's fair or it's not fair. And he said, I have created a way. I have made a way to redeem you of your sins. I will send my son Jesus. I will have him crucified on a cross. I will raise him from the dead. And that will make him the way, the truth, and the life. That will make him the only way to the Father. I need you to understand something. You know what you do when you reject the Son? You say, that doesn't matter to me. You gave your only begotten Son. He suffered a cruel death on the cross, but that's not enough for me. And you reject Jesus. And you wonder why God would allow people eternal separation and eternal punishment from God because they have rejected the huge costly payment that Jesus made that God the Father made for our salvation you know I, we've got a we got a funeral coming up on Wednesday Barbara Pollard was 98 years old and a member of this church for probably longer than most of us have been alive and I was meeting with the family uh, on Thursday evening after she died uh, earlier that afternoon. I got to be with her in the hospital. Erin, she spoke to me. Um, probably some of the last words she ever spoke. She spoke to me. I, I treasure that. I was meeting with the family, and they said to me, Mother's firm request was that at her funeral, the gospel of Jesus Christ be clearly presented. And I thought about Back in November when I was planning this message series, I scratched out on a piece of note paper. I was thinking about what do we want our church to be? What is important to us? What, what is our desire? What do we value? And I wrote down to be so in love with Jesus that we can't stand it that everybody else doesn't love him too. And that's exactly what Bob, Barbara Pollard was talking about. She was so in love with Jesus, she wanted everybody to hear about Him and to hear how to love Him too. That's what is our prime directive. That, that's what our church is all about. But understand, if you love God, you must love Jesus. Not only that, but if you love God... You must do what He says. You have to do what He says. In the verses that were read to you this morning, there, four different times God repeats that idea. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in Me will also do the works that I do. You see, loving God means doing what He says, loving Jesus. I said you can't love the Father without loving the Son. You have to love the Son in order to love the Father. And if you love the Son, then you will do what He says. Whoever believes in Me will also do the works. If you say you love Jesus, do what He did. And in fact, 
He says, greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Now that greater works, that doesn't mean that you're going to go out and cause the blind to see, or the lame to walk, or raise the dead. Those great miracles that Jesus did, he, he's not saying you're going to do, do more miraculous things than I've done. But what he is saying is you can do greater than I did. And here's the reason. Understand this. When Jesus was born in the flesh, now Jesus existed with God throughout all eternity. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus, the Father, and the Spirit are all one. They're three persons in one person, one God. And it's not just three parts of one. Now that's hard for us to get in our heads. But that is the way it is. Three persons, but they're one person. Now we can't do that, but God can. And when Jesus came in the flesh, born of a virgin, He took upon Himself self-limitation. All of a sudden, He could only be in one place at one time. You ever thought about that? But today... He works through His Spirit, who is everywhere, all at the same time. He's in you, He's in you, He's in you, He's in every believer. Not only that, but there's a special sense in which He is present with us when we meet together. Well, there's a church that met earlier today in, in Africa, in Nairobi, Kenya, the Daggerated Corner Baptist Church, the Makina Baptist Church. I, I could name a bunch of churches in Africa that, that met at the same time we do, but it's not the same time because of the time difference. It's about nine hours difference. And, but the Spirit was with them when they met. You know, He didn't have to get on an airplane. He didn't have to worry about travel distance. In fact, there are other churches that I know the Spirit of God is meeting with right now. And He can be everywhere present all at the same time. He, Jesus had 12 apostles. Um, in Acts chapter 1, we found out there were 120 members in the first church. Now it multiplied rapidly. But now there are millions of followers of Jesus Christ. And that is the sense in, when, in which we do greater works more work can be done because there are more people following Jesus. But listen to me. Look up here. If you are truly loving the Son, you know what you'll do? You'll work for Him. You, you'll be in a church like this and serve as a member of a church and you'll find some work to do. Whether it's standing on the, on the stage. i got to tell you, I look at the screen uh, up here and Kelly's a lot prettier to look at on the screen than Aaron is. Maybe you're going to sing on the stage. Uh, maybe you're going to teach a Sunday school class. Maybe you're going to be a greeter at the door. I appreciate those who are, who are handing out worship guides and those who are greeting. Maybe God wants you to meet people on the parking lot before they ever get in the building. There, there's all kinds of opportunities of service and if you love God, you will work for God. You can't say you love Jesus 
and do nothing for him. I said there are four different places that he said that. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That is, you will do what I tell you to do. Again, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And then the fourth time, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. I remember when I think about keeping his commandments and doing what he says, I remember a kid's song. Uh, tell me if you remember that song about the wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And the rain came tumbling down. No, I'm not going to sing it all. Okay, don't panic. Um, Wendy was doing the motions. Okay, we've messed up that song just a little bit because we've messed up the verses by singing that song because at the end we say, so build your life on the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, and the idea is build your house on the rock. But that's not what Jesus said in that parable. Did you notice that? Everyone who then hears these words of mine and does them. What is the rock? Build your house on the rock. The wise man builds his house on the rock. It's the Word of God. It's doing the Word of God that gives your life a firm foundation. I'm not taking away from Jesus being the rock because in other passages He is presented as the rock. But He Himself said the rock that you want to build your life on is the Word of God, His words that He has spoken and He has taught. If you love Him, you will do what He says. Listen, if you want your family, if you want your home, if you want your life to be on a solid foundation, you build it on the Word of God. The wise man is the one who hears the Word and does them. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. If you are founding your life, building your life on anything other than the Word of God, you've got a shaky foundation and it will not stand in times of trouble and of testing. You've got to love Jesus if you're going to love the Father. You've got to do what Jesus says if you love Him. And then, if you love Jesus, if you love Jesus, there's some things He's going to give you. First of all, He will give you a place in heaven. The verses say, "I go to you believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. Get that? I'm going to prepare a place for you. If you come to Jesus Christ in faith, repentance in faith, and trust Him, 
He's promising you that He will prepare a place for you in heaven. Not only that, He will give you a relationship with God. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know Him and have seen Him. That word know, um, somebody pointed out that that's the term that they used in the Old Testament for a husband knowing his wife and they have children. That is an intimacy, a relationship beyond what we think. This is not just mental knowledge. This is relationship. This is truly knowing God. You cannot know God without knowing the Son. But if you come to the Son, He will give you a relationship with God the Father. Not only that, He gives you the privilege of prayer. He says, whatever you ask in my name, this will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now that doesn't mean you can be frivolous and say, Lord, give me a Mercedes-Benz. Praying in His name does not mean just calling out the name of Jesus. It involves knowing Him, following His will, and His direction in your prayers. Being led by the Spirit as you are praying. And if you pray in that way, He will answer. He gives us the privilege of prayer. He also gives us the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. You see, when you call on Christ as Savior, you begin to love Jesus. Immediately, when you call on Him, Andrew, when you called on Him, when you trusted in Him, the Spirit of God moved into your heart. He indwells every person who is a believer in Jesus Christ. That is a part of the gift. That's what Christ gives when you come to Him, when you receive Christ. When you love Jesus, He gives you eternal life. He says, because I live, you also will live. By the way, it says eternal life. That's not temporary. When God saves you, he saves you forever. You remember that verse? He that believeth is not condemned. That means you'll never be condemned again. God does not give you, Jesus does not give you temporary life. He gives you eternal life. By the way, some of us need to hear that He gives us life. Some of us act real dead when we come to church. I know that because I stand up here and look at your eyes and sometimes you're home and sometimes you're not, you know? And, and I, I wait for feedback from, from what I'm saying and sometimes it's a little dead in here. And to, there's too much death in too many churches and Christ has given us life. We ought to act like we're alive. He gives us eternal life. We know we'll live with Him forever. And He gives us unity with God. This is amazing. 
In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Coming to Christ gives us unity with the triune God. Isn't that amazing? Not only that, but finally, the seventh. By the way, you notice there are seven blanks on your worship guide that you have now filled in. The last one is peace from God. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. He gives peace. That is a gift from God. By the way, what kind of peace? The kind of peace that only God can give. Not the kind of peace that the world gives. The kind of peace that only Jesus Christ can give. Only the peace that you can have by knowing Christ as Savior. Listen, we're talking about prime directive. We're talking about what is the most important thing in our lives. What is the most important thing in our church? It is love God. He loves you and He wants you to love Him. But in order to do that, my friend, you've got to follow the Son. What is it that God wants you to do? You see, He wants you to do something. He has a will for you. He has given you some commands. People say to me, do I have to be baptized? My answer is, nope. Don't have to be. Only if you love Jesus. Do I have to be a member of this church? Nope. Don't have to. Only if you love Jesus. Do I have to tithe? Oh, that money thing again. Isn't it inconvenient that Jesus said that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Do I have to tithe? Nope. Some of you are going to go home and say, Preacher told me the day I didn't have to tithe. Remember that I said, you only have to tithe if you love Jesus. You see, if you love God, you've got to love Jesus. And if you love Jesus, you have to do what He says. Some of you need to do that this morning. You need to come to the Lord. You need, you need to come for us for, to us for baptism. You need to be baptized. You need to join the church. Maybe you need to start tithing. If you really love Jesus, you'll do what He says. This is going to be a little shock to some of you. But I'm going to pray with you. And I want to give you an opportunity to make a decision for Christ this morning to come forward in the service. I'm going to be down front. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to be down front, and I'm going to do something weird. I'm just going to sit on the stage, and I'm going to continue my prayer sitting here. And if there's something that you need to pray about, come pray with me. If there's a decision that you need to make, a commitment that you need to make, Come sit down beside me on the edge of the steps here and let's talk about it and let's talk with God about it. It'll only take a couple of minutes.